Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. You're listening to the Tamar Yona Show here at Israel News Talk Radio. And we're going to be entitling this show, Yes, the Boss is Definitely Angry. Uh, A lot to talk about. Of course, we'll start out with the terror attack that happened in Israel over the weekend. And we're also going to be talking about Europe and uh, the FBI, the IRS, gold and silver markets, and uh, the possible China collapse, economic collapse is what a lot of people are talking about as well. How does all of this affect us? First, let me introduce our guest. Uh, We have joining us Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem, who he is a uh, moderator. Not Sorry, he's not a moderator. He is a commentator on... Uh, the Mideast and World Issues, and I want to welcome you to the show, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Thank you. All right, so let's start out first with the terror attack that took place over the weekend, and uh, you know, it's it's uh, it, it gets me upset that I'm not as upset as I should be when people are gunned down, innocent people, um, because we're just, it, it's just over and over and over again, and the government seems so... Uh, flaccid about this, even though they fight it, but they don't eliminate it. But we won't go into that now. Let me just read you uh, something here so people understand what happened and give you that information. This is from a Rutsheva. It says, Western Wall shooter uh, was arrested. The suspect in last night's shooting attack, this is Saturday night into early Sunday morning, uh, at a bus stop near the Western Wall in Jerusalem, last night turned himself into security forces Sunday morning. Police, border police, the IDF, and the Shabak, which is Israel's inside intelligence agency, had engaged in a manhunt following the shooting at about 1.30 a.m. in which eight people were wounded too seriously. After six hours, the alleged terrorist turned himself in and was taken for questioning. His weapon was also seized. And if you want, you can go look at uh, more news on this at uh, Arutsheva, IsraelNationalNews.com. They've got more updated articles there as well, uh, as you'll be hearing this show on a repeat broadcast. So uh, did you want to maybe comment on this before we get to the other news items? Well, it's not just eight people, but it's, uh, uh, one of those persons was a pregnant woman who was in an advanced state of pregnancy. Um, and um, uh, while both she and her child, her, she was, uh, 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 the child was, was born in the hospital as a result of this, the child is also injured. Um, uh, uh, it is hoped that the child will survive. But both are in critical condition. Hashem Yerachem, may they have a full and speedy recovery, everyone. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Uh, and 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 the government, you know, I mean, people, I don't know what to tell you, Mordechai. It's just... Well, I can't really blame the government directly on this. Uh, the, the whole business with... Uh, uh, um, um, Loan shooters? As they're terming this, loan shooters or lone wolves or something like that, this is fairly 
um, uh, it's fairly common around the world today, and it's very difficult to know if this was pre-planned or just um, uh, sort of on the spur of the moment or what. Right. It's very difficult to know. We 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 don't really have any any definitive details. So far. The authorities are saying that uh, it seems that he was a lone wolf and that's why they didn't have any pre, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Intelligence. Right. They didn't have any intelligence on it at all. All right. Well, it is uh, what it is right now. Let's hope that uh, we can stop this and we're praying for everyone's health and, and uh, recovery and that just nothing should ever happen like this again. Uh, where do you want to take your focus? I know that you wrote me, you want to talk about uh, FBI and the IRS, gold and silver, well, the China we collapse. No choice, really. we, have to, we have to begin with the, with the incident at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, uh, if January 6th was a, an uh, uh, armed insurrection, even though nobody was charged with any weapons offenses or no one was found to have any weapons, uh, uh, this is clearly an armed incursion where all of them were armed. Um, uh, um, I think the bottom line case here is is real is really simple. The the FBI had an overwhelming need to sn- sniff Melania's underwear. I mean, there's no logical explanation other than that. Uh, uh, if we actually look at things, um, uh, uh, the most basic law of evidence, not only in criminal acts but in any any set of evidence is providence. In other words, you have to have a very clear picture. The court needs to have a very clear picture of how this piece of evidence arrived in, that, in the court. And since the FBI demanded that the security cameras be shut off, they demanded that no, no one be present, they demanded to uh, 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 conduct a raid without showing the warrant or any of its supportive materials. And they and take the evidence the back with them. <laughs> so Sorry? And take the evidence out of there and back with them. Well, the whole point was to take the evidence out, yeah. But they took the evidence out without providing a detailed receipt. Right. And they provided a receipt after the fact, several days later. So basically, we have to assume that these were well-trained FBI agents and It is totally impossible to presume that they went against all their training unless they were specifically ordered to go against their training, because this is clearly not the way any raid is done in any professional law enforcement agency. Right. So there there are only two possible reasons for what happened here. One was for show. In other words, they're trying to, the the, the Democrats are trying to, uh, 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 put on a show to so-called embarrass Trump uh, uh, in the run-up to the midterm elections, or the, 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 the whole process, the, per, the point of the process was seeding. They're, 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 they're attempting to seed some evidence that didn't exist, and they're, they're hoping to find or create something that will implicate Trump in something or other. The, the claim after the fact that Trump is uh, being uh, uh, accused somehow of espionage is prima facie ridiculous. You have to remember one basic point of law here, and that is there is only one person in the world, on the planet, who has the uh, 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 absolute ability to classify or declassify a document, and that is the sitting president. So if he had documents that were somehow 
related to classified material in some manner, all he needs to say is, no, that is not classified because I decided that it's not classified. He has the absolute authority in terms of classification. Absolute. Well, I, I do want to say that I, I read somewhere that this was the biggest uh, election campaign gift that Biden could have given to Donald Trump because absolutely correct. Absolutely <laughs> and correct. I think that every American, whether you're a Democrat or Republican or independent or whatever it is, I think it should bother every American that something like this happened because I think it's a it's a, a possible omen of what they can see. I mean, if they can do this to a former president of the United States, they can do it to anybody. And this is not the American way, at least when I grew up in America, it's not like that. And I, I really think that everybody should be bothered and disturbed by this. Um, well, this is a direct, no this is direct in contravention to the Fourth Amendment uh, in, the, in the Bill of Rights, uh, 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 illegal uh, uh, search and seizure, directly counter uh, 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 to that. Um, it, it's, it's blatantly unconstitutional. It's blatantly illegal. Um, uh, uh, Garland, who is, I will remind people, seventh in line for succession after the pre- if the president, if something happens to the president, um, actually stated that he personally signed off on this warrant, which makes him personally culpable to breaking the law. What he did was a criminal act, and he knowingly did a criminal act. It, now, it's if you it's like the Ukraine. Up, <laughs> sorry? It's kind of like the Ukraine, it, you know, very corrupt in that sense, that oh, uh, yes, they absolutely. ousted their legitimate government, and here we have a president going against his opponent. Uh, you know, well, the they, they, the Ukrainians did, out, did not oust their legitimate government. The, the CIA did. The American State Department did. Ousted the, the legitimate Ukrainian government. It was not the Ukrainians that did it. But okay, that's, that's a technical point. But, but we have to look at this in t- together with what's happening with uh, the IRS in parallel. There's this new law that um, uh, 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 authorizes the uh, recruitment of 87,000 Armed IRS agents. Armed IRS. I will quote from the advertisement that the IRS already published for their new agents. And I'm quoting, carry a firearm, be willing to use deadly force if necessary. That is scary. I mean, for me, it's scary. These are IRS, the the, the inland revenue. What, what, What deadly force is necessary for inland revenue? And that's the top line requirement: be willing to use deadly force. That that, that doesn't even make sense. I mean, anybody who claims that there is no uh, um, a, a direct uh, um, uh, um, authorization here of a police state simply doesn't know how to read. You know, I I would be curious if uh, anybody listening in from America would want to call in. Our numbers are on the top of our homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And this show is live if you're listening between 4 to 5 p.m. Holy time right here in the land of Israel, or if it's between 9 to 10 a.m. U.S. Eastern time. That means that we are live and you can call into the show on this Sunday uh, August 14th as we go live. Uh, weigh in on the issue. Feel free to uh, to weigh in on that issue. All right. We're going to be right back, everybody. Yeah, go ahead. We're already on the break. We're going to be going to a break in just a second. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So we'll be right back with a lot more news and subjects to talk about.
right, we're back here at the Tamar Yonah Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And our guest is Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem, who commentates on Mideast and world issues. And we were talking in the last segment about the FBI and the IRS and how they've been used as a police state would use them. And I know in the last segment uh, we had to go to a break, but you had some last uh, sum-up comments you wanted to make about that, Mordechai. Yes, thank you. Um, I, I think with, with, with all due respect, if, if I may um, suggest something to American listeners, it's time to use the same kinds of rhetoric that the, that the left has been using. In other words, they went, went along and said, and, and with this uh, uh, horrible nonsense of defund the police, it is time to defund the FBI. It's time mm-hmm. to take the FBI, dismember it, defund it, and create a real organization. FBI has been corrupt since the time of J. Edgar Hoover. There is no excuse for keeping it the way it is today. It costs the American taxpayer many billions of dollars every year, and just simply replacing the the, the top management is ridiculous at this point. Wow. Um, Defund the FBI. Hansen. Interesting. Sorry? I'm just repeating what you said. Defund the FBI. That's... So it's, that's a new slogan now, I guess, huh? I think that's an excellent slogan. I think it's a very effective slogan. Uh, the FBI is not acting in any way as a crime-fighting organization. It is a criminal organization. We saw that with Hillary Clinton. We saw that with, uh, uh, um, uh, 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 what's his name, uh, Stone. We saw that with uh, the, the FISA courts. We saw that with, with Mar-a-Lago. I mean, time and time again over the past uh, uh, uh Six years at least, um, uh, Obama took literally thousands of pages of documents with him when he left the White House. And again, I don't have any comment about that, but if, if what Trump did was illegal, then certainly every president that has ever existed has done the same exact things. I would strongly recommend if people can find it. There's an article on Real, Real, Real Clear Politics, the site called Real Clear Politics by Victor Davis Hanson, uh, Why We Lost Trust in Elites. Hmm. It's, a very, it's a very short article, but a very important article. And I strongly recommend that uh, people who care should try to get uh, uh, access it and read it. If I remember correctly, it's about 800 words, so it's a read of about two minutes. Okay. Okay, let's go over to the to some economic issues, which I think are very, very important right now. A lot of people have been uh, thinking about and speaking about issues of economics. Um, uh, 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 well, let's start with issues of gold and silver. Uh, the first thing uh, uh, we need to ask is why are the prices of gold and silver depressed rather that, than at historic highs? which is what we would normally expect right now. So let's go over some data and understand what's going on right now in the world. Russia produces about 10% of new gold every year. Uh, China does not really produce any new gold. There, there are, there's, uh, uh, they have some trivial quantities, but they don't make anything of significance, neither gold nor silver. Um, Russia is a major supplier of most most commodities in the world, and this includes also gold and silver. Um, but Russia and China over the past decade have been make, making huge investments um, 
in many places in the world. And part of those investments are a very significant drawdown of the inventories of gold and silver, which we've been seeing over the last six to eight months. Um, remember that both of these, both gold and silver, and I'm emphasizing both of these uh, at the expense of other precious metals like palladium and platinum and etc. I'm not talking about spe speaking specifically at this point uh, uh, about gold and silver. Um, these are both investment and industrial materials. They're very important for industry. They're very important as investment items. They're very important as stored value, not just historically, but today as well. Um, even though some analysts today are saying that gold is a thing of the past and today we should be looking at an investment an investor should be looking at things like bitcoin i don't agree with that and most of the analysts that i've that i access don't agree with that either um anybody who's looking at a portfolio a per personal portfolio i'm speaking of a personal portfolio not a corporate portfolio there are and there are differences here in thought process it's not so much about what you own, but about how much of it you own. So diversity now is even more of a key than it is traditionally. Remember what I'm saying now, we're talking about a, a time which is probably unprecedented in human history. We have on the one hand, um, uh, 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 interest rates, which, are, which mean the cost of money is extraordinarily low. Interest rates have been close to zero for uh, a, a very long time. We have uh, 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 capital costs which are coming from zero but are rapidly rising. And also we have sovereign, so sovereign debt crisis. We have uh, multiple sovereign debt crises. I and mean, we've see, all seen what's happened in Sri Lanka, for instance. That's, if we have time, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, uh, 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 currencies are acting more volatile than they than they have been traditionally. Uh, 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 equities are more risk risk, pardon me, risk prone than they are traditionally. Um, there are many wars going on around the world. All of these things are occurring at one time. As apropos wars. I want to give people a bit of data that I find fascinating. Most people aren't aware of it. It's certainly not something that you'll see in a, in a newspaper. Okay? Newsweek in June reported that Russia is spending about $900 million per day on the war in Ukraine. Sounds like a lot of money. If you take 170 days of war, that makes for an investment on Russia's part of 153 billion dollars sounds like a lot right well their net gain in terms of resources not just coal and natural gas and trivial things but also lithium and gold and many other materials is oh well over 12 and a half trillion dollars so that's a pretty good investment war is big money we need to remember that at all times. Okay, I just want to jump States, in here and just say, I just want to jump in here for all of our listeners and say, whatever you decide to do with your finances, where to invest, where not to, etc., 
talk to someone that you trust before you make any decisions. We're we're just sharing uh, an opinion here, it, and it's and it's an opinion, and inf- perhaps an informed one, but it's an opinion. And everyone is responsible for their own finances, and they should speak to whoever they trust and uh, and their their financial advisors, etc. Go ahead. Very correct. I'm not telling anybody what they should buy, what they should not buy. I said, it's in, in, in planning your portfolio, it's not what you own, but how much of each thing you that you own. So diversity is a very important principle. How you diversify is not my issue. Okay. And so are we looking at uh, uh, an, an economic collapse? I understand that they're talking in the news now about China's on the verge of collapse. And I had mentioned to someone, well, they'll just, you know, all the more reason to go into Taiwan for them and to basically, I I hate to use the word rape it, but (laughs) to steal all of its banks and and, uh, any industries, et cetera, that they have there for themselves. But what would you, do you have an opinion on this at all? Yes, as a matter of fact, we have a whole section on that. We're going to talk about that down a little bit later, a few minutes from now, but... We have two um, minutes left to this segment, but go ahead. Anywhere you want. Let me just preface things and say a lot of people are talking about a possible collapse of this, that, or the other, of, 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 of China, of other things. Um, things are never quite that simple. And we need to understand that. Remember, for 30 years now, everybody was has been speaking about, everybody, all analysts around the world have been speaking about the imminent collapse of Japan for 30 years now. Hmm. Any day now, Japan is going to collapse. Well, Japan is still the third largest economy in the world, and they still have the world's second largest navy. Second, oh, second most powerful, not large in terms of, in terms of quantity. Quantity doesn't count here. Yeah. So, when you're talking about collapse, you need to be a lot more careful than most people normally are certainly most people in the news cycles okay so is china going to collapse yes is the united states going to collapse yes when it might be a century from now but we'll talk about that a little bit later okay. after the break all righty okay so uh but but you, you the trend right now, though, the trend is is that the world isn't going into some, into some type of recession. I understand now in Europe, the riverbeds are uh, the rivers are drying up, and in fact, that well, let me just read this what what you sent me. Uh, Europe's inland navigation grinds to a halt. Shipping operations along the River Rhine are set to be halted completely this weekend as a sustained period of of dry weather brought water levels. Uh, to a key uh, measuring point touching, well, I'm not going to go into all these, the distances and everything, but basically boats cannot manage down the river. It is too short and uh, it's too low, the water. And uh, this is something that is has to affect Europe, not only economically, but also uh, human quality of life-wise. There's not even a def- en- enough drinking water in some places and they're outlawing people washing their cars and watering their lawns, etc. But we'll talk more about this when we, when we get back, everybody. We'll be right back.
We are back here at the Tamar Yonah Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Our guest is Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. We've been talking about a lot of things going on. Of course, the terror attack that happened over the weekend here in Israel. Also, the FBI and IRS being used uh, like a police state would use them. And how I believe Americans, whatever color you are, meaning red or blue, Democrat or Republican, it should uh, it should concern everyone who values freedom. And we talked about the gold and silver markets, and we started to get into the river, the, the drought in uh, Europe that's taking place right now, affecting the river beds, which is gr- uh, grinding their navigation of trade and shipping to a halt in, in certain places. And uh, we're going to get back to that. We're, we also started talking about the China financial collapse that many people are predicting is around the corner. So where would you like to start, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem? Well, let's continue on with China right now because it's more, China is more than China, as, as usual. China is a very big country, the second largest economy in the world. Um, and like any other, any other economy, it has its advantages and its disadvantages. It has its uh, weaknesses and invulnerabilities, and it has its strengths. So let's talk about that a little bit and get some perspective on what people are saying around the world today. Okay. Um, there are three names that I have strongly recommended many, many times. Uh, uh, three gentlemen who are um, uh, um, uh, uh, first-rate analysts, in my opinion, um, some of the best geopolitical and economic analysts on the planet today. And those three names, of course, are Ray Dalio, Peter Zehan, and David Goldman. And I, I personally believe that they're the, 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 the foremost um, uh, public analysts that, that, are, that are well known. And they are all brilliant, even if I disagree with them at times, uh, uh, on this point or another point. So I want to discuss some of the things that they've been talking about uh, uh, very lately. Some of these things are, I believe, fascinating. So let's, let's, let's talk about the possibility of a collapse of China. Peter Zehan is adamant that China is on the verge of collapse, that the collapse is very imminent. His most um, quotable quote is this was always going to be the last decade for China, and China is about to totally collapse economically, demographically, and politically, and uh, uh, um, uh, uh, all of this by the end of this decade, if not sooner. That's Peter Zehan. Ray Dalio believes that China is about to uh, uh, overcome the United States, overtake the United States in both economics and in technology. Can they both be wrong? Can they both be right? Let's, let, let's examine that question in a moment, and I'll get to David Goldman in a moment, okay? So the, the basic question here, uh, how long can China last in its present form if either the U.S. or India cut off all of its Persian Gulf energy supplies? Remember, I've said before, 84% of Chinese energy is transported by sea from the Persian Gulf. So how long can China last if that's cut off? Well, the counter to that is, how long does the United States last if China cuts off all of Taiwan's semiconductors from the United States? How long does the United States last if China cuts off all pharmaceuticals? 96% of 
U.S. pharmaceuticals are manufactured in China, 96%. So what happens to the American public, the average normal American person, if there are no pharmaceuticals anymore? None, zero, because they're all made in China, and China decides to cut them off. And, of course, there's no answer to either of those questions, because if that kind of thing happens, full economic war, what happens today is there really is a global economy still. And again, some people are telling us that, that that's going away. I'm not convinced it's going away. It is changing. It is modifying. But the inter interconnectivity between China and the United States right now, and of course many other countries, is so intense that a war between them is globally destructive at a level never previously known in all of human history. So, does China face an imminent economic collapse? As I said pre previously, for 30 years now, we've been hearing that Japan is about to totally collapse because of uh, 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 demographics and et cetera, et cetera, and it hasn't occurred. If China collapses now within the next months, as Peter Zahan claims, or within years, as others claim, the U.S. is in very big trouble. Well, everyone That's will it. probably be in very big trouble, no? Well, of course. Of course. But the but so-called the two rivals in, in, in double quotation marks right now are China and the United States. So if we're, if we're putting into, into perspective, we talk about the two main players. And we'll get to Europe a little bit later, but uh, uh, these are the main players. Now, we need to understand a basic principle which is very difficult for most normal people to comprehend. And it's a really, really problematical thing that I'm about to say. For 500 years now, literally for five centuries, everything in economics has been based on the concept of very high growth. High growth in populations, high growth in productivity, in other words, the productivity is growing, uh, population is growing, innovativeness is growing, etc., etc. In other words, the pie is constantly getting bigger, and if somebody gets a larger slice of that pie, it's usually the result that they didn't take it from somebody else, but they, uh, uh, they got more because there was more available. And by the way, that's that. Marx's idea of economics is proven has been proven many many times many many times totally incorrect. His assumption was that the size of economic of the economic of the economy never changes, and therefore, if one person gets rich, he's taken it from someone else. That's counterfactual. It it was never a correct. It was never correct, and it isn't correct now. It wasn't correct when he was alive. But the basic principle of 500 years of all economic activity has been that uh, uh, we're basing everything on constant high growth. That is no longer applicable. Demographically, the world is shrinking. Po the world population has already reached its peak. Yes, some people claim that it has not yet reached its peak, and its peak will be uh, uh, only towards the end of this decade. We can argue about that. That's a technical point, whether it's in, in 2000, 
2022 or in 2025 or whatever. The point is that it, demographic growth is no longer an economic principle. Innovativeness is uh, 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 slowing markedly around the world. Um, uh, um, uh, 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 all of the factors that we've been basing our economic theories upon for the past 500 years are changing and are changing significantly. Remember, the largest generation in all of human history, the so-called baby boomers, are all retiring. And the basics of the retirement process is uh, 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 occurring this year. We are already past their uh, um, average retirement age. And when they retire, they'll take their money with them. This was not only the largest demographically in history, it was the largest economically in history. So when they take their money with them, they will no longer be investing in new products and in consumerism. They will be putting their money into things which are safe havens, stored value, generational uh, generational value. In other words, they'll be looking out for their retirement years, and they were going to, and they're going to live a lot longer than most people lived uh, in previous generations. And they're going to be looking out for what they can pass on to their children and grandchildren. In other words, they'll be putting their retirement funds into safe havens like uh, uh, treasury bonds or gold and silver or all sorts of things that are quiet and low risk, which means that the cost of money is about to skyrocket. It means that my personal opinion is that we can expect 18, and pardon me, 8 to 16% inflation for at least for the next five years, probably more. We can expect um, uh, 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 slow growth or zero economic growth for the next five years at best. That's the best case scenario that I'm seeing. Capital will grow or capital cost will grow by a factor of two to five within the coming year or year and a half. Two to five factor, not percent. These are things that change everything in the world in terms of economics, everything. All right. So you're, you're talking about what, uh, what we're going to see change. I, I would like you to knock that down a level and explain to us what that means for us. What, what likely on the ground is, how is that going to formulate on the ground and affect us? Well, some of it we're already seeing, we're seeing high inflation. Uh, the United States had 9.1% uh, 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 previous month, and this past inflation um, um, uh, was documented at 8.5%, um, uh, a slight dip. Um, I expect that 9% or approximately something around that, something around that in that area will be the norm, as I said, for the next five years. We're already seeing in Europe much higher rates of inflation than that. Um, so people who need, already know to think about inflation rates, and again, those numbers that I gave, uh, that I mentioned, those are the official numbers. We all know that if, when you're looking at um, uh, uh, fuel for your automobile or 
uh, uh, looking at uh, uh, food for putting food on your tables, inflation rate has been much, much higher than that. So that's part of it. We're seeing that um, uh, uh, um, um, investments are much more investments, corporate investments, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, corporate investments are much, much slower now, a vast slowdown in corporate investments. Um, money is becoming more expensive, so housing will become more expensive. Remember, when you're talking about real estate, there are two gross top uh, 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 kinds of real estate, either retail or uh, um, housing. If you're talking about housing, the cost of housing is generally directly linked to, to demography. If there's less demand, then the price will go up. I mean, that's, that's clear. That's obvious. If there's more, if capital costs more, then the price will go up. So uh, is it a good idea to invest in, in, in uh, to, to make an investment, for instance, in uh, a residential real estate right now? Well, the answer to that is it depends on where you are. If you're in an area where demography shows that the, you're likely to have a, a demographic surge, then perhaps it is. If you're in an area where you're seeing a demographic decline, then it probably is not. But it's very likely to be an issue of, of, of things that can be predicted if you understand the trends that we're looking at right now. And then how do we come out of it? Oh, that's a very complex question. First of all, the answer, the basic answer to that is that nobody knows. I just said um, all of the economic theories that exist today on the planet are now being outmoded. We do not have an economic theory to support what's, com what's coming down the line. Nobody knows what's coming down the line. There is no way to predict it because we do not have tools for prediction. We do not know. As I said, we're coming out of a decade of zero capital cost into, uh, uh, pardon me, uh, uh, three decades of, of uh, uh, extraordinarily low costs of commodities because when the USSR collapsed, uh, 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 um, uh, an empire's worth of commodities were dumped on the market um, uh, uh, all at once. Um, at the same time that the USSR collapsed, China came into its own into the world market. So billion new workers came in, came in. So cost of labor was very low. Uh, 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 the cost of a of a, a, a gigabyte of storage in 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 the late eighties was like uh, one hundred eighty thousand dollars. It is now a penny. <laughs> There's no way to put that in any economic manual, model. And how long do you think it would take for us? Oh, at least a decade, probably more. Mm -hmm. We're talking about something which is a major change in the basic economic concepts of the world. And I've given the reasons why this is a basic change. I mean, nothing like this has ever happened in human history, ever. So Fascinating. Is China going to collapse? As I said, as I said before, probably at some point, but it could be a, it could be tomorrow, and it could be a, 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 a century from now. We right. don't know. We do not have. I'm disagreeing vehemently on this point with Peter Zeihan. Um, half a billion people. Is a, I'm quoting from an article 
by David Goldman, a brilliant article, which he calls Xenoforming of Global of, of, of the global economy. Xenoforming, a brilliant concept. Quote, half a billion people in neighboring countries now depend on Chinese technology for communications, data processing, and logistics, providing China with a nearly limitless source of young workers for its industries and an ever-expanding export market. China's trade with the global south plus South Korea and Taiwan, is now as large as its combined exports to the United States and Europe. So if we look at what Peter Zehan is saying, and again, I, I respect him very strongly, very strongly, don't, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I very strongly respect his opinions. I think he's incorrect. He's saying that the cost of demographics, China is collapsing, David Goldman, who I also respect, is saying, not true. China has been investing in the Belt and Road Initiative in such a manner that they have created for themselves a half billion people who will replace, not physically in terms of being, being in China, but in terms of workforce and market, they have, they're basically... Uh, basically, their road, uh, Belt and Road Initiative has replaced the missing Chinese people. So basically what I'm hearing is that people should prepare for a possible upheaval earthquake uh, of the financial system, the, uh, the economics, uh, world economics uh, and, and trends, and, and just try to be ready for it as best we can. Basically, that, that's what you're saying. And yes. And yeah. I'll go in one step farther. Okay. Expect the unexpected. Because Do we've never think been at we, a point of history. Regardless of how smart you are, how smart the people are that you're listening to, and I'm saying all three of these are very, very smart men, very smart, yet they conflict with one another totally. So regardless of how smart these people are, expect the unexpected. Prepare to be surprised. Hmm. If you're unprepared for surprises, you will suffer. Love your family. <laughs> Love oh, your family. Absolutely. I, I, I totally believe in, in every sense that uh, uh, not, just in case, not just in terms of morality, but um, beyond that, one of the ways to prepare for surprises is to have a, uh, uh, a, 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 a so-called support group. Prepare for surprises by being part of a community, by having a, a healthy family structure so that you can support one another. These things are critical in times of uncertainty. All right. And just uh, as another news item, because I saw this video, this news video uh, just yesterday, I'm a couple of days, a few days late, I guess, and uh, they're showing uh, drone pictures, pictures from a drone over many of the different rivers in Europe that have dried up in many places um, are very low in other places. And this has already, as uh, you sent me, uh, it's had uh, Europe's inland navigation grinding to a halt because shipping cannot take place on the rivers because they are so low that the boats can't can't sail, can't, can't travel. Okay. So what tell you said us is more. absolutely correct, of course. 
but we need to give that in a little bit more detail here. Europe right now historically is in the midst of a drought which has not been seen for 500 years. 500 years. The rainfall around Europe, the snowfall in the, in the previous winter, and etc. is uh, 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 worse than, than we have seen for five centuries. All of European rivers, and remember, uh, uh, transport of bulk goods by shipping is uh, uh, many times cheaper than any other method of shipping. Those you can ship things by rail, you can ship things by truck, you can ship things by in any number of ways, uh, but nothing nothing can compete co uh, in terms of economics with shipping things by boat, whether that be by by ocean or by rivers. All European rivers, if it's the Po in in in, in Italy, if it's the uh, the Rhine, Europe's uh, um, um, most heavily used shipping route, uh, if it's the Danube. Etc. Etc. All European rivers, all over Europe, not only rivers, but uh, uh, it'll affect farming. Europe does not have things like desalination plants. Zero. There's there's a drought in southern England. Everybody's familiar with how green the English the English countryside is. Well, it isn't. Uh, there's a drought in in, in Iberia. Uh, there's a drought in France in Germany, in Italy, in every single European country, nobody has sufficient water for minimal needs today. So they're, they're, they're just like they're rationing now uh, uh, and, uh, as they close in on winter. Remember, European winters are harsher than we are accustomed to here in the Middle East, much harsher. So uh, uh, the Germans were utterly stupid and they, they they closed down their nuclear plants which were some of the most highest quality nuclear plants in the world some of the safest nuclear plants in the world and they replaced them with solar panels well there's no sun in europe in germany replacing nuclear uh, 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 highly reliable nuclear energy with solar panels was it was the uh, uh was a decision by stupid people by people who are ignorant of basic facts basic physics, basic science. Germany has an average insulation, an average usable sunlight of less than two and a half hours average per day over the year. Solar panels cannot provide reasonable amounts of electricity, no matter how much you invest in them in a place like Germany. They can, for instance, in Libya, but they're not, but not, that's not Germany. So Europe has an is in big trouble in terms of energy. Europe is in big trouble in terms of water. Europe is in big trouble in terms of all of its industry. The, 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 the uh, costs of European industry are rising at an unprecedented rate. Remember, shipping of raw materials is now much more expensive. You can't ship by sea but, or, by, or by river. Um, uh, 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 um, uh, raw materials are much less available. Europe cannot send out its armies to steal other people's resources. They don't have armies. Uh, uh, um, uh, energy is more expensive, much more expensive. 
and there simply isn't even enough even at any price so the what... only country in Europe that has a reasonable energy market right now is France because they retained their nuclear power. Okay, so usually when something like this happens, at least what I've learned from history is that when a country needs water and doesn't have it or needs any type of resource and doesn't have it and it needs it, it goes to war. And you're saying that Europe doesn't really have effective armies today anyway. What do you think is going to happen? I think they're going to eat one another. And I mean that almost literally. That the EU will break up, maybe? Is that I what you're saying? I believe that the EU is, is definitely in danger of, of radical change in, very, in, 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 in the very near future. I would give it 30 months top before we're seeing um, uh, 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 major changes in its structure, if not breaking up altogether. Interesting. 30 months top. We, uh, I mean, what's going to happen when, uh, 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 you know, two years ago, Greece had a problem in their finances. The Germans laughed at them and, 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 and helped them out a little bit, but, but made horrible demands upon the Greeks. Now the Greeks have water and the Germans don't. So what are they going to do? You think the Greeks are going to? They'll, they'll invade Greece. <laughs> Right. You think the, 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 the Greek are going to be nice people to the Germans who were so horrible to them? I don't think so. I've been to Greece and I've been to Germany. And the Greeks do not like the Germans. And not mm -hmm. just because of World War II, where the Germans were barbarians. So All we're right. going to see some conflicts within Europe. Everybody was has been expecting for a decade now conflicts between... Christians and Muslims in Europe, I think it's going to be much, much deeper than that. And again, not just Europe. We're talking about world. Remember, Europe is still 10% of the world's GDP. So if Europe is going to be suffering greatly, what's going to happen? They can't lean on Ukraine anymore. You know, they, they supported the corruption in Ukraine for a decade. Well, that doesn't work anymore because Russia stepped in and is in the process of denazifying it. And there are Nazis in Ukraine. There is no doubt about that. Most countries in the world today, the vast quantity of countries in the world are now on Russia's side in the war in Ukraine, despite the rhetoric coming out of uh, Brussels and Washington. All right. Uh, I, I can see that. Absolutely. Uh, people have lost faith overseas. If Americans don't know it, America has lost its, a lot of its foreign policy uh, stature as being a staunch friend, as having your back, as uh, going, as keeping its promises. Let's just put it that way. Um, so in this, uh, we only have maybe two minutes left. How would you like to sum everything up? What do you want us to go away with after listening to the show? I think we said it already. Um, expect the unexpected. Things are changing rapidly markedly things are not going to be as simple as they have been we've had a good time for the last 30 years we need to be aware of that there is no insurance that the good times are going to remain quite the opposite every indicator that we have every single one of them 
He's showing us that the good times are about to change markedly, rapidly, and not for the better. So I would say this is a good time to really sit and do an examination of your life, of your values, of what's really important to you, and to put your energies and focus on that since the physical world is going to be getting very difficult. Dr. Mordechai ben I, I agree with what you said, but, I'll, but, but add to that list also family. You are going to need your family more than you have ever known to need it in the, in the past many centuries. Yes, family is the base of everything, of society. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. And more so now than ever before, at least before in the last many hundreds of years. Many. Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem, thank you so much for being with us here on the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Go look at the news, look at the drying riverbeds in Europe, look it up on YouTube. Thank you, everybody, for being with us. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 